BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What's up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 81 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky alongside my partner, Jeff Blum, in lovely Denver after a wild series in Anaheim. Uh, Blummer, how are you this morning? I'm tired, bro. I mean, dude, this travel's <laughs> crazy, man. Coming out of All-Star break was... Uh, a little insane because of those games in Anaheim, and then we have Sunday night uh, baseball. We get in at two thirty, three a.m. here in Denver, oh. and uh, yeah, that's why I've got my morning voice on. But dude, it is smoking <laughs> hot here in uh, Denver. Is it really? It's like I was going to ask you that. That is awful. Yeah. Oh God! Well, it's, it's we're hot so much here closer too. But to the I... sun. Right. Well, yeah, no, that's a, I will say this, Blum, you're not wrong. People don't realize that when you're in the mountains, the sunburn level is high Ooh. in the mountains, even if it's cool, because you are a lot closer. And like we went to a wedding in Wyoming one time and we were sitting outside. I thought I was roasting. Like it was, it was like at 7,000 feet and it was, yeah, felt, it was cool, except my whole body felt like it was on fire. Mm-hmm. Whew. That's weird. Denver's at a hundred. Good lord. Yeah. Hello. Welcome to a warming planet. I guess. Um, yeah. I, on the other hand, am not. Uh, my injuries are self-inflicted. You can see. I was going to say, here. dude. I saw your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, road rash. Dude, I, <laughs> I made a turn on my bike. I turned. I bent a little too low to the ground, and my pedal caught the ground. Uh, then my. Oh no. Everything turned and I went whoop right over the front. Now here's the I I'm fine. I had a nice goose egg on my arm yesterday, but I feel I'm fine. Here's the thing though. Another cyclist rode right past me after it happened and didn't even ask if I was okay. I was like, bro. Like Modern society's broken. Unbelievable. He was like, he looked like he was about a hundred too. Like he looked like he just rode right. I was like, what? Not even are you okay? (laughs) Nothing? I can't believe anyway. Jim McInville went flying by you on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's messed Woo! up. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> oh, my God, Blummer. That is good. So, at least I will say. I just hope it's not a blown spootinator. It is not a blown spootinator. I almost spit up my coffee. That is, the, <laughs> that is the key. It is not a blown spootinator, which would be much, much worse. Uh, just, mm-hmm. a, just a little minor. Just some scra- I will say this though, when you have an accident on a bike, when you're my age, um, you know, because well, um, when you when you have an accident at my age, you end up with bruises in places that you don't even oh, understand why you have bruises there. And like it I've takes got a bruise, two weeks to go away. 
I know. And I'm like, why do I have a bruise on the inside of my knee? Like, where did that come from? Like, I don't have any idea, but it's fine. I'm well, it's living funny with how, it. Like, it's your okay. body, like your body, like prioritize the pain and it just completely forgets about the inside of your knee. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, good Lord, what happened? I, I know. And it looks, the thing is, it looks way worse than it, than it actually yeah. is. I don't even notice it. And then all of a sudden you're like, why is there a giant blue spot on my leg? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird. But oh. hey. We're, we're, we're surviving here in Houston, even though it's going to be 102 again today. Good Lord. I'm surprised in Denver, though, Blummer, but uh, I guess I get, is the Rocky Stadium is open air, too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I think about two or three weeks ago, they had a hailstorm up here that covered the field. So, I mean, it fluctuates Whoa. up here. Tomorrow, it's going to be yeah. 88, and it'll probably be gorgeous uh, again. I mean, it's gorgeous beautiful. outside, but it just the heat gets you. But tomorrow will be nice. It'll be nice tonight. Um, it'll be nice tonight, yeah. though, I would imagine. <clears throat> It gets yeah. r- cool real fast in Denver, which is awesome. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, of course, YouTube. Give us a follow on Twitter and now on Instagram and soon on Threads um, but to make the move over there. You can find me at Jeff Balky Blummer, at Blummer27 all over the place. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for giving us reviews uh, on Apple and five stars. Obviously, send your questions and comments. Got a good one today from a mm. regular listener, Sam Enneman, who's on Twitter. Uh, shout out to Sam. And I actually have kind of the answers for these, Blumber, but I'm curious to get your shot, a shout out on these. And that is, how did the Astros, he's from North Carolina, and he wants to know how it is that the Astros have had came to have two affiliates in North Carolina. They have the High A Asheville Tourists and mm-hmm. the Fayetteville Woodpeckers. Um, and he's apparently from there, and he was wondering, do, do you know much about how baseball, how the inner workings of like, because I really don't like know how they buy teams and all that. Do you know much about that? Um, I don't know as much as I need to know, but I do know mm-hmm. that there is a, there, there, there's not that this guy's not in the organization anymore, but he was, he's phenomenal. Uh, his name mm-hmm. is Dan O'Neill. And we called him Show Neil because uh, he was such a good dude and, and did so many good things. But I think he, <clears throat> I really want to say he helped facilitate both those moves to uh, Asheville and Fayetteville. And I'm not sure for the reason why, other than the fact that they're two really great cities that can uh, handle a minor league city. But a lot of the, you know, they do put in a lot of research into, you know, can this city handle it? Would this be a good spot? And uh, obviously they found two great cities to go out there and play. And I've heard nothing but great things from players who have come through there and played Mm -hmm. in Asheville and Fayetteville and absolutely love it. So credit to uh, both those cities and being, being capable of handling the organizations is great. Hey, and and talk about good weather in Asheville, Mike. Oh my gosh, dude! Uh, I would move to North some... Carolina and South Carolina in a heartbeat. I know two it's good so secret beautiful. spots, man. Oh, it's so beautiful out there. I did do a little bit of research. It looks like in Fayetteville, the Astros uh, they were one of two Carolina League expansion teams uh, mm-hmm. when the Astros took them over. But Asheville's fascinating. I don't know if you've seen anything about them, but that nope. franchise has been around since eighteen ninety seven. Damn. And it's been, yeah, it's been minor league affiliates for a bunch of teams. And the Astros have been, they have been a um, single A affiliate for the Astros on three separate occasions. The first time in 1967, which really shocked the hell out of me. Then from 82 to 93, they were the single Mm -hmm. A affiliate. And then they just started again in 2021. So 
Asheville's been around a long time. I, as soon as I saw that, I thought, yeah, I love Asheville. I've been there a few times. I love it. Next time I'm there, I'm going to ball game. Yeah. I bet you it's cool to see a ball great. game. Yeah. Oh, they've got to be. Because Asheville is a cool, cool little town with, by the way, a very fastly evolving food scene that is go. outstanding. Like really, yeah. really good. Last time my wife and I were there a couple of years ago. Oh, basically ate ourselves sick. So well, good. Gonna, you know what? That's a whole nother podcast series would be the food yeah. in America in some of these cities, because I, I'm with you. Some of these sneaky small cities and even the big cities are unbelievable as far as food's yeah. concerned. Absolutely. Next year, my wife and I are going to be in uh, Milwaukee and, and in um, yeah. uh, Detroit um, and a couple of different places. And I, so I've been hitting people up and saying, Hey, where should we go eat? While we're at oh, these man. couple, you know, different places randomly, and man, I've been getting a boatload of suggestions. So I'm that's because yeah, that's the only restaurants. Thing yeah, between restaurants and craft brewery across America, woo, yeah, we're winning in those departments, <laughs> dude. I'm gonna tell you something else too. Let's be honest. Most of the time, when I'm going to another city, the first thing I'm looking for is where I'm going to eat. I mean, let's Word. just be clear. I'm yep. immediately looking for the places to eat. All right. So uh, the Astros Angel series was nuts. Um, it felt a bit like that Ranger series a couple of weeks ago in uh, uh, in Arlington. Interesting. They're in Anaheim outside of L.A. Dallas is in Arlington outside of Dallas. They both have these wild series. <laughs> I mean, it's they're not, they're not in the cities they claim to be. Uh, no, of course not. Um the heartbreaker, of course, was Saturday uh, when the Angels won in ten innings. Which, by the way, it almost felt inevitable. Like the the with all the different comebacks and all this stuff. And then when they went into the tenth inning, I was like, ah, I just you had that feeling. Then, of course, in the in the Sunday uh, game, Kyle Tucker with it, both his bat and his glove. I mean, saved that game. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of that series and they won the series, but what did you take away from this series? I mean, it was just, it was crazy. Uh, I mean, very entertaining. Um, but it was just, it was a very crazy series. What were your takeaways? Well, could you imagine sitting there watching that as a GM? I mean, if you're the Astros GM, Dana Brown, you're kind of looking at this going, man, our offense is dynamic. Wait until we get, uh, you know, Altuve and Alvarez back and we'll do all kinds of damage because I think they averaged nine runs a game in that series. Yeah. Yet they only took two out of three. And that doesn't make any sense with the pitching staff that you have because they started JP France against Shohei Otani. You say, hey, we beat Shohei. We're in the clear. Right. We've got Framber Valdez, Christian, Val or Christian Javier going. We're going to be mm -hmm. in great shape to win this series and sweep it, go into Colorado, and all of a sudden you have that hiccup on Saturday. And the hiccup Saturday is very concerning because everybody you brought out of the bullpen is leading the American League in appearances, and they've had some issues keeping runners off the board. And I think that's where you're kind of going, hmm, could we go get a new starter, another starter, or should we go get another bullpen arm? And it's not to the fault of, there's four guys, I think, I wonder if I can name them, uh, Brian Abreu, uh, Hector Neris, mm -hmm. Ryan Presley, gosh, there's one more mixed in there that have just Maton. been, uh, Phil Maton, have just been getting absolutely annihilated as far as appearances. Yes. And we can sit there and say, well, they should be performing better. They should be doing that. They should be doing that. But they've done as much as they can for me. And they're, they're, I, I'm going to give them some grace and say they're going to have those blow ups because they've been using, been used so frequently. 
everybody's going to say, well, starters going to need to get deeper in the game. I'm going to give you an alternate idea. We need Rafael Montero to be Rafael Montero that we've seen in the past. We need uh, Ryan Stanek to c- throw strikes. If those two okay. guys pitch to what they did last year or even some semblance of it, those other four guys would benefit. I think that is completely spot on. You know, you looked at – if you look at the numbers, uh, Phil Maton, the only guy who's pitched more innings out of the bullpen this year is Brian Abreu. <laughs> like, that just tells you – I mean, that's those are just your high how crazy leverage guys. Yeah. Yes, those are your high leverage guys. So, you're right. You do have to wonder. I mean, Dana Brown has said they're going to be looking for pitching. I think that's the right move. We were all worried about hitting – Obviously, we've seen some turnaround in that, uh, some, let's call it, re- progression to the mean, really, um, mm-hmm. for guys like Jose Abreu, um, for Alex Bregman. Kyle Tucker's been outstanding. And then you get, you're getting contributions from Corey Jolts and Yiner Diaz and these other guys as well, uh, consistently, which is great. And now Chaz McCormick, you know, who player just won AL Player of the Week. He's just rolling. He's just rolling right now and has solidified that center field spot. Yeah. So I, I think it, it is the thing you have to start looking at. It's like, okay, the bullpen is worn out. Your starting pitching is struggling because, look, Christian Javier and Hunter Brown have never thrown this many innings, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I saw a report uh, from, I think it was Bob Nightingale, saying that the Astros had inquired about Marcus Stroman mm-hmm. and Cody Bellinger. Weirdly, um, from the Cubs. Well, hey, which, if, if Jake Marisna can play for the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw a little story about that the other day. I was like, oh, come on. Oh, gosh, um, dude. But Dana Brown has LA said writers. the pitching is a priority. Both starters and relievers now. Yep. And so, you know, to me, it seems like kind of all bets are off. And the Astros are going to be looking to upgrade in those positions. Um, the question is, how are they going to get it done? Um, relievers obviously are little. Uh, relievers are easier to to acquire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely find good relief arms, and also the Astros have Renel Blanco, who could end up in the bullpen um, if they once they get Jose Urquidy back. Good but call. it is, I think it's, I think it's definitely, and they're going to have to look. At, because if they can't get Montero and Stanek, I mean, Stanek, what is his walks per nine inning? Or like five walks per nine innings or something crazy like that? Um, yeah, what are good. they going to do if they if they can't get those guys on track? It's trouble. It, it is. It, yeah, it's Barney Rubble. You know, it's it's big time where you got to <laughs> fix those guys. You know, a little Ocean's Eleven reference right there. But you're, you're in Barney. Um, you're in Barney. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Uh, you need need to get those guys right, and I don't know how to do that because Stanek's got the stuff. It's just a matter of throwing strikes. If he's in the zone, he's he's good, and he will be good. Montero, I'm not sure yes. what's going on other than mm. the fact that his changeup is just not the same pitch that it was last season. But that's where you have that dilemma. Do we pick up the, the, the reliever to compensate for that? Do we move Renel Blanco into that situation, and, and maybe he yeah. can be a guy that uh, helps them figure it out? 
Um, but the starting rotation, you're hoping to get a Jose or Kitty back and you're not looking, you know, Stroman would be nice because he's been a wipeout this entire season mm-hmm. and he's pitching for a contract. So he might be a little more costly as far as prospects and personnel that you're trying to move to yeah. get him for a rental. Um, you might be able to, you know, sign him to a contract too. I don't know what the idea is moving mm-hmm. forward with him, but you know, there's guys like Lucas Giolito, Michael Lorenzen in Detroit, some guys that could go out there and just eat up innings and be competitive and show you flashes of brilliance every once in a while to keep you in some games that might be a little more cost effective in going out there and and getting. And I think that's where Dana Brown's going to have to be very creative because you're going to be asked the question, do you want to give up a Drew Gilbert, uh, you know, a couple of these outfielders in the minor leagues, or how do you, how do you get creative enough to, to make these trades? And I'm not sure the Astros have enough to be able to do that, to be honest with you. Right. And do they and is, is do they dangle someone like Spencer Aronetti or does he become yeah. or do they bring him up? You know, I mean, uh, there, so there might have, be there might have been thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, you have to think about that. And then you've got guys like they're not trade. I don't think they're trading Drew Gilbert. They're not trading Drew Gilbert unless it unless it winds up in a front line. Number one starter. Yeah, that's where I, I'm with but, you. That's why I say it's going to be tough. Yeah, because even Jacob Melton, I don't think they're moving him either, even though they have a plethora of outfielders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. And so you just you have to look at that and start thinking, okay, well, then who does get moved? It's going to be complicated. I don't want to be Dana Brown uh, at this Mm. point. But the truth is you you can't stop right now. If the Astros truly believe they're going to contend, and I think we all agree that they have the the talent to do that if they can get everybody on the right page – the Rangers keep winning. They won on a walk-off wild pitch what are they last doing, night. Man? It's unbelievable. I mean, there's those just those times when teams just it's just like everything the ball bounces their way, right? Ugh. I mean, yeah. good lord. A wild pitch against Tampa Bay, 3-2 win and at the in Come the bottom on. of the ninth. Come on. Mm-hmm. Just ridiculous. Let's talk about Chaz though. AL player of the week. Um, he batted. This is from the Astros yesterday in their press release. He batted six thirty six with seven runs, three home runs, five RBI, three walks, and a twenty one eighty eight OPS <laughs> during that week, <laughs> including a fourteen fifty five slugging percentage, which Dude. is just nuts. He had his first four uh, run game. Um, and uh, became the first Astros player to record four runs in the game since Jose Altuve last year. Um, and just what a phenomenal week for him. And I think just c- continuing to solidify his place in the in the middle of the outfield. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And it's funny that it's AL Player of the Week because I think it was AL Player of the Weekend. <laughs> all, the, all those numbers, yeah, all those numbers you rattled days. off, all those numbers you rattled <laughs> off, I think were put on the Los Angeles Angels. So credit to them for giving it right. up. I think you're right. And he made even he even made like an incredible catch. Mm-hmm. Like uh I, I think it's it's funny with Chaz, I, I just kind of have it's it's taken a while to sort of settle that center field argument since, you know, since George oh, Springer left. Yeah. And but I feel like this finally because look, if you can get a, a decent power bat out of center field with a guy who is still very good defensively. I mean that's just that's just 
you know, a cherry on the top of the Sunday, really. Um, so, Ch- you Chaz know, is a, it's a big Chaz deal. is a great center fielder. I think, I think he's turned himself into a very good center fielder. I know that he's got, you know, sometimes some focus issues, if you want to say that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of the personality and part of what endears himself to us is because he's one of us that kind of, yeah. you know, the mind wanders <laughs> right. a little bit. But then he goes out there and makes a great play. But, you know, with him, how about let me ask you this flip the script a little bit is with Chaz McCormick kind of playing himself into that center field position and saying he can play a very competent defensive uh, center field. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he he has a better arm than Jake Myers. Uh, He's obviously putting together better offensive numbers than Jake Myers. Does that make Jake Myers a piece that you can put into a package and say, we've got big league talent with control, take him and what will you give us in return? Well, I think there's no question. If you're looking at the big league roster, the two guys that just fly off the mat, you know, off the page at you are him and Corey Jolks. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't want to move Corey Jolks. Corey Jolks is one of my favorite players, but the two of those guys are like people who can say, well, they're under control. They have real talent. Uh, I think Jake Myers, that's, it's the interesting thing with him. And you mentioned being under team control, which is critical. Um, especially for a team that's trying to unload some pieces right now. Um, I think the interesting thing about Jake Myers is that he does have legit center field potential. He reminds me a little bit of Miles Straw mm-hmm. in that the Astros gave up Miles Straw and they got Phil Maton and Yiner Diaz back, right? Could Jake Myers be converted into a leverage reliever? Right. If you Mm -hmm. don't, if you're not going to put him in a package for a starter, maybe your starter ends up, you have to, you know, use your prospects. Um, Could that be a guy that brings you back a leverage reliever from a team that is overstocked with them or a team that's maybe, maybe going to sell? That I can see is a real possibility because he has the ability to walk onto a team and be a solid defensive center fielder, you know, who can fit into the bottom of a lineup. Yeah, that's why uh, I find it very intriguing. I do too. And look, let's be honest, Chaz's success couldn't have come at a better time uh, in that regard because it does now sort of say, okay, well, you know, uh, if we need, we have an over, I mean, the Astros have an overabundance of outfielders. We all know this. Yeah. Um, so maybe that is the play. Um, and maybe that does free, free them up to then go after a starter and a reliever. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be real curious to see what happens because uh, to me, Chaz is you got to you got to play him. You got to yeah. play him every day, just like you got to play Yiner every day. But we know that too. Yep. These are all things we know. But you know, what, what did you say? I think how did you put it? It's we like, know this. And we right. know it's this like a, man. We know this man. That's it. <laughs> By the way, a minute ago when you mentioned that Ocean's Eleven, that we're in Barney. That mm-hmm. is Cockney rhyming slang, and I know this yep. because my my friend Ben is from England. Uh, shout out to my buddy Ben in Austin uh, and his wife Kaylee, um, who we're going on a trip with to uh, Yellowstone in a couple of weeks. Nice. Um, ben is Ben, and I, I told him I said, "Listen, if I wanted to learn another language, could you teach me Cockney rhyming slang?" <laughs> Just because I thought that would be fun to learn, oh, right? That would be and hilarious. so he's. Given, He's told me a few. I can't remember them off the top of my head. When I'm in Yellowstone with him, though, I'm going to be like, all right, hit me with a few of these. And so I can start mm-hmm. using them because they were actually, it started in British prisons. How about that for you? They used it to as code. 
I did I learn that That's much. what I was just going to say. I wonder if it was a way to communicate without, you know, certain people understanding what you were talking about. That's exactly right. Because when they say I'm in Barney, Barney rubble, rubble trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how, yeah. But it's, I'm going to learn some more about that because I find that stuff really interesting. <laughs> Cockney rhyming slang. All right, let's talk about the injury updates we've got. Um, I don't know what the latest you have heard, but I, I did hear that Jordan has been hitting again. He's been taking BP. It sounds like he's probably going for a rehab stint pretty soon here. Jose Arquiti is already at Sugarland. He's about to mm-hmm. have his second start. Um, they think he's going to have at least two or three more starts before he returns, probably in a couple of weeks. Um, what did what have you? I mean, I know Payne is going to be back tonight. He had like a cramp the other night or something, yep. and they sort of held him out for precaution. What about Fromber though? I think it was the same thing. I think it was just a little bit of a cramp or a little bit of a, hmm, what was that in my hamstring kind of thing? So I don't think it's anything major. And I, you know, I, I don't know what happened in Anaheim and I don't know what's happening across the entire major league baseball. Yeah. And I actually, uh, I, I know Phil Nevin pretty well. And I kind of sat down and talked mm. to him a little bit because his team's under duress with all the injuries yeah. that they've had. And I just kind of said, I'm like, what the hell's going on, man? The entire league is a mess. And he's like, he's like, you can't blame a hitting coach for hitting too much. You can't blame a pitching coach for pitching too much. You can't blame, uh, you know, your trainers because you don't see the trainer until you're hurt. You know, so you're, you're like, are these, right. str- what are these, what are these strength and conditioning guys doing? Uh, you know, what is going on? Because it's insane to me to see how many people are dropping. But then we go into Anaheim and we're, we're cramping and it was, it was warm. It wasn't crazy hot in mm-hmm. uh, Anaheim, but the, you've got guys cramping in the same game. I'm not, I don't, you know, I can't speculate on anything cause I'm not in the dugout or, you know, what are they, are they not taking their electrolytes, you know, or their old school salt <laughs> tablets, you know, but uh, the salt tablets, yeah, you know, what, that's what they gave us as kids. It was like, here, take salt tablets. You'll be <laughs> fine. Exactly. Suck it up. No, I remember, I remember that when I was a kid yeah. playing soccer. Like, They're this, like, here's some yeah. salt tablets. Salt yeah, how they put the ocean into a tablet and you're like what the god's name was that <laughs> um and you know so but they'll be fine but going into colorado presents its own issues it's going to be warm you're going to mm-hmm. your muscles are dehydrated at this level anyway so i would imagine yeah. they're going to try and find a way to compete against that um but the injuries with alvarez is you know, i heard it was just he legit was just had like a head cold or something. I don't know what was going on, but it was like just a legit like I don't feel good. He's been mm-hmm. he's still been working out, but he just hasn't played in any games. And who wants to play a game at 110 degrees when you're not feeling well? I get that. Um, yeah. The other thing with Jordan, the dude could probably get two games of at bats and be ready to go. He's a well. Freak. We saw that. <laughs> We saw that yeah. in the spring training, right? He came back and just went straight in without any. And like, well, and he was like, and I remember Dusty Baker was like, well, he needs a little time for spring training. Yeah. Or he doesn't. Or, or we want him know. in the lineup. Let's go. It's like counterpoint. He doesn't need anything. No. Right? He's amazing. Uh, Altuve, much in the same way. I think that he's going to be ready probably sooner than we thought, too, which is great news. He's a a miracle healer. He's been taking swings, ground balls, running. Um, And the one that I – that kind of – you know, there's no confirmation on this again, but I'm hearing that Brantley is much closer than we thought, too, which creates all kinds of unique problems that are going to be fantastic for Dusty to try and deal mm-hmm. with because your offense with uh, Michael Brantley, Altuve, Alvarez, and all of these other guys that are producing right now with the Tuckers, the Bregmans, the Abreus, mm. 
all of a sudden you've got six or seven guys and then throw Yiner in there, you're going, holy crap, we've got an offense right here. So I think yeah. that's where Dana, going back to our previous conversation, is going to say, and Chaz McCormick in there too, all of a sudden you've got eight guys um, in your lineup that are producing. And I think that's where Dana kind of looks at the roster and says, yeah, pitching is paramount right now. Yeah, I, that's interesting you say that about Brantley. I saw a little note uh, about something the other day about him hitting off a tee and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I kind of read a little bit into that. Um, and when I talked to a couple of friends of mine who uh, in Dallas who are kind of no, who, who have some friends within both organizations, they said, you know, Brantley, don't write him off just yet. Like that I think was that's the, the best, that's thing. a good don't, way of putting it. Yeah. Just don't write him on, off just yet. But don't write him off yet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we we got we are obviously in Denver now with the Rockies. The Rockies have been miserable uh, this year. Um, what do you see in the Rockies? I mean, like, what do you think the Astros are going to have to do in this series? Like, where are their weaknesses that they can exploit? Uh, I mean, obviously, you can score a lot of runs in Denver if mm-hmm. you're you know if you're hitting the ball. Um, but what are you seeing? Like, in just looking at these teams, what do you see the Astros are going to need to do? Um, they're going to need to not do what the Yankees did when they went through Colorado because Colorado took two out of three from um, New York and they actually turned into slugfests. And I, you know, if it turns into a slugfest, it, I think that benefits the Astros, but at the same time, their pitching should be able to suppress what, mm-hmm. uh, what the Rockers are doing. And we already know that they played this series uh, earlier in Minute Maid Park where they did extremely well and, uh, you know, lost two games. But the run differential, that you know, the Astros only scored 10 runs in those two games, only right. five runs a game, whatever. But at the same right. time, you know, kept them to five runs. And I think that's going to be the big thing is just keep the ball in the ballpark, force them to get, you know, two, three base hits to score runs and you'll be fine. But yeah, the, But the I, way the rotation lines up is going to be interesting. It sure is because we got, I guess, a hunter tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hunter Brown tonight, and then that would bring up Ty. I, I guess I bring up JP France next. I'm gonna do a, just no Belak. I think I, I think Belak might be the guy tomorrow. Oh, Belak, you're right. It'll be Belak, then France. That is, a, or or do they throw Blanco? I'm trying to remember how many mm-hmm. days it's been because France pitched on Saturday. No, yeah. it's Friday. He no, pitched he pitched Friday. on Friday. So yeah, so he'll have enough time. He'll have enough yeah. time to work because that would put him back in, on Thursday. So that yeah. that would seem seemingly be enough time. Yeah, it's it's a very it's going to be really interesting because they don't have. I mean, I'm going to say they don't have their best pitchers up there, but right now we don't really know who the best well, pitchers you can say are. They have at their the four or five up there. They're three, four, whatever you want to say. Yeah, but I mean, Hunter yeah, Brown, that's true. Hunter Brown with that extended amount of time off should be ready and fresh. And for a guy, I mean, it's it's the interesting thing for me with Hunter Brown is his curveball has been so good this year. How is it going to react at this uh, altitude? That's the issue because the yeah, fuel t- is going to work great. Blummer, let's let me ask you about that. When you played in Denver, like what? Oh, man. Like I know that I know that like the the curve like breaking pitches they flatten out because of that thin air. You don't get as much break on it. What is it like to play in that altitude? Never mind the just trying to breathe. I was going to say, yeah, you go up a flight of stairs here, and all of a sudden you're sucking wind. So uh, exactly. that's something to get used to. But at the same time, it's really kind of funny because you're. I just remember facing the late Daryl Kyle when he was with. I faced him with the Colorado Rockies, and all I had mm-hmm. ever heard is 
curveball, curveball, curveball. And I mean, I could legit hear his curveball coming in because he spun that thing so damn hard. It would just go, really? wow. and you could hear this thing bite as it was coming in. <laughs> but when he was in Colorado, wow. it just didn't have the tilt that he, that he wanted. So you could react to it a little bit better. He had to throw it at a different angle to get it to get the break on it, but at the same time, it was a pitch that uh, you know he could rely on at uh, sea level, but not necessarily at this altitude. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you could see the numbers jump. Um, that's where the you know I kind of noticed the issue a little bit uh, with some of those guys. And you can go back in the history of the franchise and see guys that have yeah. moved up here and with the altitude losing maybe the sharpness on some of their pitches, and then the altitude of the ball just flying, uh, it really hurt them. And I played pre-human. So I don't know how much this humidor actually affects right. the baseball as far as spin, but I know it kind of it, it it alters the ball flight a little bit. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I think it's the crispness on the pitches. And think about being a pitcher when you know that you're not going to get the break that you normally get. It, it could get in your head a little bit and say, "I'm going to shake off that pitch and go to something else." Well, yeah, and and you know, <laughs> it's interesting you say that. Like the plus the Coors Field is a big field, right? I mean the the yeah. the field itself is just large. I mean there's a lot of room in the outfield. It was built for hitting, no question. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why there are guys that are still, you know, questioned about uh, the Hall of Fame because they played most of their careers in Denver, which is stupid because you still have to hit the ball. Yeah. Um, Arenado's doing but, okay. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I do think that it's, it, it is going to be interesting to see how that alters their pitching mentality. Um, it shouldn't affect, obviously, it's not going to affect fastballs. It shouldn't affect uh, change-ups, for example. Mm-hmm. Should yep. still be able to pull those over. But breaking pitches could be an issue. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how some of these guys, you know, if they lean on uh, fastballs and, and sinkers and, and change-ups over – you know, curveballs and and uh, especially well, knuckle curves, where, like yeah, I think that's where Belak could be successful because his changeup has yeah. been his best pitch the entire year. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. So I saw something the other day. I brought it up when I was on doing the radio show uh, yesterday um, on KUHF here in Houston about how the the Major League Baseball has seen a fairly substantive ratings bump this season, mm-hmm. and uh, in but in TV both national TV as well as local broadcast TV. And some have speculated that it's because of the rule changes. Also, there have been higher ticket sales uh, this year in Major League Baseball, which has been interesting. The Astros are looking to top $3 million, I think, this year, which is just yeah. unbelievable. Credit um, to the fans. And, of course, the crowds, the crowds at Minute Maid have just been spectacular. Like every game, there's like 37,000, 40,000 people, which is incredible. But um, – I'm curious what your thoughts. A lot, a lot of people said, "Well, the rule changes," which I think certainly can affect it if the games are shorter. I also wonder if the fact that there are just more teams that are competitive because we have an expanded playoff. So there's a lot more teams who are like, "We're still in this. We're not going to, you know," because a lot of times by this point in the season, what there's like eight or ten teams who are just kind of like, "That's it. We're good," yep. <laughs> and you're just kind of packing it in. This year, really, you've only got three or four, maybe five. Uh, teams that are like that. Uh, what do you think? 
Um, I, I think it has a little bit to do with the time of game, so it's easier to tune in, watch the game, and then I know that I can go to a game and get back to bed at a decent hour instead of exhausting mm-hmm. until 11 o'clock at night. Um, you know, there was a lot of concern. You know, if I drive 45 minutes and I watch a two-and-a-half-hour game, does that justify my hour-and-a-half driving time? And I think people mm-hmm. are kind of giving into the fact that they're going to be entertained for two-and-a-half hours, and there's a little more finite finish to these games when you say, okay, two-and-a-half hours, I'm going to get a nine-inning game in, and I can get out. So I appreciate the fact that these fans are showing up for that and the quality of baseball. Um, You know, there's going to be people that argue maybe the quality isn't as good because you're facing teams like the Rockies, the A's, um, even the Angels to an extent, and even though they have Shohei Mm -hmm. Otani. But, um, you know, it's a little more entertaining because the ball is being put in play. You're not, you know, you can look down at your phone for 10 seconds and you got to look right back up and see the action in the game. So that's sped up. So you're watching a little more intently. Um, I do think that having this many teams involved is good, but at the same time, the American league and national league central are two of the worst divisions I've ever seen. And, uh, but to your point, everybody's in contention. You know, the Indians can lose a a four-game series and still be two games out. The Tigers, I think, are four or five games out in the American League Central. So, you know, sub-500 records are winning. Uh, Going back to our trade idea, you know, there's still, you know, there's more uh, buyers than sellers because of the Mm -hmm. situation. Um, But I'm going to give credit to the players, too. I think the games are exciting because the athletes are so much better these these days. And uh, they're a lot more fun to watch. Also, one point that was brought up uh, was the fact that now every team plays every other team, which yeah, I think is a I do really think great. Good. I think that's a great development in baseball because, especially mm-hmm. a city like Houston, we have a lot of people who are not from Houston who live here. Right? Yeah. Um, there are lots of lots of transient uh, people who've moved here for for work, and like yourself, um, for example, um, who might uh, want to go see a team where they're from, maybe the team they root for, um, and it's not necessarily just Boston or New York. So I think that's I think that's a big help personally. I think mm-hmm. that's actually been a really big help too. So I'm glad to see it. You know, baseball is baseball has been fun this year. You know, let's be honest. I mean, there's been a lot of fun games, a lot of crazy moments, and and that's that's great. I mean, all the (laughs) ratings were down for the All-Star game, but good Lord, man. Um, All-Star week is just tough. Although, did you see the the story that says that they may bring in an old-timers home run contest? (laughs) Yeah. Man, bring that on. I want to see Ken Griffey Jr. and Big Poppy out there. Like. uh, Call up Baggy. Got it. Call up Baggy. I bet you he can still hit a few dingers. Oh, yeah. He, that's what he wants is another shoulder surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of requiring shoulder surgeries, I saw you. Uh, uh, Julia posted that video of y'all jumping around in the booth. Oh, uh, damn. When, uh, when Bregman hit that home run. Um, but the best part about that video the best, absolute, most spectacular part of the video is Brian McTaggart's face in the background at the very end. Tags is just the best. I mean, he is the absolute best. Because here's the thing. He looks beleaguered, right? He looks like Mm -hmm. a – I mean, he's been doing this for 20 years. And he looks like a guy who has just seen it all, just worn down. But he's actually just – that's his personality. He's very chill. 
He's just a very chill dude. One of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet Absolutely. in your entire life. And just great. Like, you know, I've sat next to him in the uh, in the press box. He's just a good dude. But to see that face of him just turning and looking and just that smirk, like classic well, tag smirk. And I don't was know. Amazing. He is. He, he is one of the best. I've known him, obviously, for, you know, a good 20 yeah. years now. And uh, he has always been a phenomenal human, a great conversation, obviously is diehard Houston everything, having yes, been a cougar in his life. Yes. Yeah. So I, I appreciate the hell out of him. And he still does a pretty good job of trying to stay as unbiased as he possibly can. But at he the does. same time, there were two looks in that in that look from him. It was the holy shit, you got to be kidding me. Tucker just did that, mm-hmm. you know, after the Bregman home run. So there's the, right. the astonishment in his look like, are you kidding me with these guys? And then it was, are you kidding me with you, Julia and TK, <laughs> jo- over there jumping around like clowns cheering for this team? <laughs> like, and we're like, hey, man, that's who we are. <laughs> that is who we are. <laughs> I saw that. And it's funny, too, because Matt Thomas uh, from uh, the Rockets announcer and from 790, he pointed out McDaggart's face, and I had seen it, too. And I, mm-hmm. I know Matt a little bit. Matt's a good dude. And I just, when, when he pointed out, I was like, this is so spectacular. It's just, so, about I felt it. like you just want to, just want to zoom right in into that, just his face. He is looking at y'all like, come on, what are y'all doing? Come on. This <laughs> was so good. He was looking at y'all like, come on, man. Hold it. Act yeah. like you've been there. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, we can't these, help it, man. Hey, <laughs> truth, truth be told, I mean, I don't know how many drinks Julie had. I know me, T and K had at least four or five pops. <laughs> we were nah. like, yeah. you know, so there was a little added enthusiasm, like uh, liquid enthusiasm in there. Yes. Here's the now. I will tell you, I would have been, I would have been full of that. Except, guess what? My Xfinity decided not to provide me with some it had some issues at that so i was i was going to watch the game later uh, i dvr every game and so mm-hmm. i was watching something with my wife and i thought i'll catch up it's a late game so i'll catch up like you know 6 7 inning 7th inning and i'll start watching so yeah. i go to i switch over in the i think it was the bottom of the 7th to watch and something's wrong i'm not getting anything i'm like what and i'm like okay i've got it on the dvr as soon as it's done, I will go back and I will rewatch. Like, so the game ends yeah. and I'm like, okay, I've been listening to it a little bit. I, I, on my MLB app, I've been listening. I was listening to Robert Ford and uh, Steve Sparks. That's kind of listening to that watching it on Twitter, whatever I go to watch it. Guess what? My DVR did not record it. So Xfinity uh. and I have a little problem right now. And, mm-hmm. uh, we have a little bit of a problem. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, other, they normally very good. This what I did wasn't able to rewatch that though. There was some. Yeah. Uh, let's just say there was some anger in the Balky household that night. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go silent right here because <laughs> certain sponsorships that I enjoy. Yeah, well, you. But I, not, I understand hey, your pain. It is. It it happens sometimes. I'm not saying they're yeah. terrible. I wouldn't be with them if they were terrible. I Time actually like everything. Xfinity. But I just need to get, I just need them to get it together when it comes to the Astros because I can't do I'd like because I was like, are you kidding me? I'm gonna have to scour the internet to find all these plays. Mm-hmm. Not not a happy moment. Now, honestly, though, I didn't want to. Li- it's more fun listening to you and TK and Julia than it is listening to whoever they roll out for these national broadcasts, which yeah, are always unequivocally terrible. Um, I did like your. Uh, 
<laughs> I sent it to you the other night where you the ejecto mitt. That was pretty good. <laughs> where the guy tried to make that catch and it just came flying out of his mitt, well, and you refer to I'm it as watching, an ejecto yeah, mitt. I, I appreciate. Dude, my my computer's dying. I'm looking for plugs. There's no plugs in this hotel, so bear with me. But at the same time, I'm gonna have to turn my light off. But dude, yeah, I was watching that. I'm like, I watched the play in real time, and I was kind of like, wow, that was interesting. And then we went to slow mo, and it legit looked like it just went in and then, and then came flying out. And I was like, damn, dude, there's some like mouse in there that did not want the baseball in the glove and like shot it out of there. So I just. <laughs> At some point, I mean, I should be, I don't know, there should be better words, but at the same time, ejectomit no. was the first thing that came to mind. Ejectomit sounded perfect. I was like, look, man, uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <clears throat> when it comes to these things in the moment, it ain't easy, right? I mean, it is not easy to come up with something interesting to say, let alone a, uh, let alone something a quip of, <laughs> of said nature to make that work. You. So. No man, that's that's not easy. That's a tough gig. Any, I I dare anyone to take on a gig like that. Like I've always thought, the thing I thought I would in a, never in a million years would I ever bother with was play by play. I just mm-hmm. I just can't imagine having that kind of responsibility on my shoulders. Now TV, eh, but uh, uh, radio never. No, never. There's just zero chance because it's just I can't imagine the responsibility, the weight of that, you know, calling a game. <clears throat> Color commentary. I thought I could probably, but it's hard. man. I think of that kid that did the kid that uh, called that he was trying to do like the ESPN style broadcast on his college station. He was like, and boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> like, I feel like that's exactly <laughs> what would happen to me. I'd be in the middle of something. I'd be like, and boom goes the dynamite. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, who is this clown? <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Kudos. No, it's hard to do. Play by play guys are impressive. And I mean, I work Oof. with one of the best in the game and he, he is so phenomenally prepared that, uh, it's altered the way I prepare for games because I know he's going to mm-hmm. be at, he's going to be more prepared than I am. So I can say things off the cuff. I said something, the other, I'll do this all the time where I'm sitting there watching this game. I'm like, dad gum. I go, it feels like Altuve's gotten seven hits in the last three days. And he'll be like, well, as a matter of fact, he's four for his last nine. I'm like, or seven for his last 10. I'm like, all right, thanks TK. You know, or I feel like in his last 10 road, I mean, he's been crushing it on the road trip. He's like, well, he's hitting 572. I'm like, thanks, Todd. You know, he's always I, got everything to back up my, you know, harebrained ideas. Either he, bl- you know, he, and he won't blow me up. He he'll politely say you're wrong or he'll just say you're exactly right. And here's the numbers to back it up. So, I mean, he's great. That is wild. The people that have those kind of, that has that instant recall too. Oh, that's prepper. And, he's and by really the way, good at that. That's preparation. That is not yes. like I have. Oh, I have a brain. I, you, you and I are both like this. We have the brains that store like useless yep. garbage, right? Um, that's why we remember uh, quotes from movies and TV shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just the na- it's a nature of how we work, and I get that. But there's a difference between remembering that stuff and then being able to yank it out in context in the moment. That's yes. just pure preparation. That's just pure planning. And how much work does he put in like before a series? I mean, he's got to be hours worth. Uh, oh, plenty. And I mean, he's doing off-season stuff. But it was funny. We, were, uh, we had dinner yesterday together. And um, he was like, I was doing some research today. And I'm like, dear God, it's an off day. TK, you know, take a break. And, uh, you know, that's just how he works. And he, he dives into numbers and really gets into the nitty gritty of it. And uh, as 
much information is provided to us, he goes to that next level and is always looking for something. And he's just kind of, he, he's the guy that will look up something and go, huh, that's interesting. And then he goes down that wormhole where he finds a bunch of other stuff, which is fantastic. That is super cool. That's a kudos to him for being able to mm-hmm. have the patience to do that. Cause it can be, uh, uh, you can get a little glassy eyed staring at stuff. I get well, especially it. Especially after, you, start, uh, you know, 100 games, you can just kind of go, well, uh, here's the pitch. This is what the Astros have done. This is that. And just get really monotonous. But he, he continues to grind and dig. Yeah, that's impressive. All right. Well, uh, Blummer, Rockies this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Any thoughts going into this series besides what we talked about? I mean, uh, well, for, uh, let me ask you this. Since we're talking about food, where are you going to eat? Oh, I went to, I oh man, where did I go yesterday? I went to uh, Oscar's, Oscar Blues or something like that. I went to a brewery yesterday. We had a really mm. great spicy chicken sandwich. And uh, I had, man, I think it was an it was an East Coast beer, but I was drinking it here. It was called Lush Puppy. And uh, it was amazing, nice. juicy IPA. It was phenomenal. So I know for a fact that there is a place on Blake Street that I hit every time we come in here to Colorado. Mm. And there is one reason why I think it's called tap 14 and, mm. uh, you they have Pliny the elder on tap. And for those oh, beer connoisseurs even, out there, even I know what that is. Yeah. Pliny Pliny is the Shohei Otani of beers or the Jordan <laughs> Alvarez of beers. You know, that freaky, hard to find phenomenal yeah. tasting beer and to have it on tap. <clears throat> I'll sit down and have two of those and sleep very well tomorrow or tonight after I walk <laughs> back from the ballpark. I'll give you one recommendation while you're there. Steuben's. Mm-hmm. Steuben's okay. Grill. It's out on, uh, forget the name of the street. It's not far from the ballpark, actually. It's like an old school like mechanic shop slash gas station that's turned into a cool little restaurant. Like and uh, they have really good lobster rolls. Really good lobster okay. rolls. Last time I was there, it's been around for a long time. Last time I was there was like I don't know five years ago, and I was went in there and it was just so delicious. Yeah. So that's a Denver, pretty good. Denver, it's cool. If it's like, yeah, yeah, if you're traveling Denver's to visit uh, ballpark, great ballpark, great city, and everything's really convenient around the ballpark. It's nice. Yeah, the area and it's real close to downtown to the Capitol and stuff. I mean, you can yep. really. You can walk from the capital to the ballpark and back. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. crazy. Um, so, yeah, it's really pleasant. And normally the weather's pretty nice. And, of course, you're yeah. you know close to the Rocky Mountains. Um, you can always head up to Estes Park and visit the Shining Hotel, Ooh, which is always a fun little. It's, it's funny. <clears throat> one of the couples that we're traveling with, their daughters are twins. And I'm like, can we just go to Estes Park and get a picture of the twins inside the Shining Hotel? Oh, my hotel? gosh. Because they're like, they're like 11 years old. Yeah, I'm like, perfect. come on, let's do it. The little side little funky uh, Stanley Kubrick uh, shot mm-hmm. of, the, of the twins standing in front of the elevator. Uh, I, don't, I think they vetoed it. But anyway, <laughs> someday. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back next week with a fresh pod brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, huge thanks to everybody who's been listening and viewing all over the world. Hey, I saw Great Britain. We were up like we we're in the top 100. In Great about Britain. it. Top of the morning to you. Is that what they don't say that? Uh, maybe we'll learn some more <laughs> Cockney rhyming slang for next time. That would be better. <laughs> and and then, then we can use that on them. Uh, we very thankful for all of you guys for liking and subscribing and commenting. Keep it up. Have a great week, everybody, and uh, enjoy the series against the Rockies. Fingers crossed. Let's win. Let's go 3-0 on this one. As always, go Astros.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.